2: Hello and welcome to Reclaim Me. I'm your host, Madeline Heather. And for something a little bit different this week, I thought that I would bring up a topic that often goes um, unspoken when we're discussing things like abuse. And that's what happens when the abuser is your friend. Um, Now, I myself have had a really awful experience with this and um, the behavior ended up being quite a coercively controlling relationship for a number of years. And I had a really really big impact on my life negatively for a long time and it took me a long time to recover from the negative effects of this friendship and I think we often um, in society think of relationships um, as purely relationships that are physical uh, sexual relationships between two or more people and obviously in this situation it wasn't a sexual relationship it was purely a friendship um, a same-sex friendship and It was extremely and incredibly harmful to me and a lot of the people around me, um, including my other friends and family at the time. So I think it's worth discussing because often there's not an avenue for people to go through when you're in a toxic friendship or a friendship that is really damaging to you. And it can be quite hard to leave, I think, especially when your other friends or family members or other people that you love are close to this person as well. And some of those behaviours really mirror domestic abuse relationships. Um, and I don't want to say and in any way diminish that experience for any survivors of abuse. But I do want to highlight that this is another form of abuse that is really impacting on a lot of people's lives. And, you know, I know a lot of people that have gone through really horrific things from their friends, and I think it's worth t- discussing. So here we go. Strap your boots in on because uh, – It's about to get crazy. I think there's going to be a few people that might be screaming at whatever devices that they have because um, you're going to think I'm a bit dumb throughout the whole story Um, because it's hard to believe. I think if I give you an overview now, it's really hard to understand how I didn't see these red flags as they came across, how I didn't see it for what it was. Um, I just saw my friend and I just believed her at all times. So it's really hard to, to to understand that, but put that into your mind that this wasn't just something that happened, you know, every day, all day. This was random events that happened throughout a really, really good friendship. Otherwise, other than all this crap, it seemed to me to be somebody that was really important in my life. To give you a bit of an insight into what this person meant to me, I've always been a little bit, of an outcast, a little bit left out, a little bit quirky. Um, as a, as you all know, I grew up as an elite gymnast. Um, I've always been very sporty. I don't know where I sit in terms of sexuality. I'm a little bit outspoken. I'm very outgoing. And I've just never really met that many people that I connect with on on a really full-on level. I'm one of those girls that I want somebody to go to the pub with and drink with and I want somebody to talk about intellectual things with and I want to go run a marathon with somebody, you know, like there's a lot to me that's very, you know, polarizing in a lot of ways and there's their opposites as well. So usually the people that want to go down to the pub every day and have a couple of pints and chat with their friends and have a few ciggies aren't the people who also want to go and smash out a two-hour gym session. So, I find myself a little bit alone sometimes. And um I think alone, not alone. I mean, I'm very happy with the friendships that I have and who I am. I just think it's been difficult for me to make really close connections um in all areas. I've got friends that are my fitness friends and I've got friends that are my, you know, DNM friends, but I don't have many friends that are all of that. And when I met this girl, um, the friendship really escalated so fast because it was just you know, every as- aspect of that would go get pissed together. We would um have these talks together, we were feminists together. It was just so wonderful. It was, you know, a friendship I'd never had. Um so that's why, you know, I think you let things go um that aren't good a lot more when you love somebody that much as well. So I but to give you um the proper story, <laughs> I think I might it might serve me better to tell it from the end first. So it was my 25th birthday. I was living in a suburb called Fitzroy in Melbourne, which is a beautiful suburb in this beautiful apartment. Um, I'd bought this really nice jumpsuit um, from Faithful, the brand. It was expensive. It looked amazing. I looked a bit like a picnic rug um, that I'd saved up to buy these nice things. I really wanted to look nice. And I'm not somebody that ever really does that. But for some reason this year, I just thought, look, I want to look nice. I want to get some photos. Um I want to remember this because I'm feeling happy. It was I hadn't felt happy in a long time. I was nearly single and it was just, you know, you got to get some pictures on the ground when you're single sometimes, get that confidence back up. So basically I, you know, the girls and I went to um, this bar called Ponyfish Island, which is an amazing bar um, in Melbourne. It's right on the Yarra River, like literally in the middle of the Yarra River. Um and we went there and it was amazing. A lot of my other friends came and joined us. We had a heap of cocktails. And you know, push came to shove it was getting a little bit cold. We thought let's go elsewhere. So we went to a rooftop bar. Um rooftop bar was just around the corner next to Flinders Street Station. Um we all walked up, you know, to the rooftop. We're sitting up there. And in good birthday fashion, you know, I had a heap of friends that were coming and going and basically when everybody got there, one of them would buy me a drink to say happy birthday, which was lovely. But I kind of got like quite a few drinks in and I thought, look, it's, it's time for me now to buy a round for the remaining people before we go to karaoke. Um, and I just, you know, opened my bag and it was pretty much bloody empty. Um, I was absolutely shocked because it was, to give you a bit of like context, this, this, the rooftop that we were on was not busy. It's a tiny rooftop. There wouldn't have been more than five other people up there. Now, where we were sitting was this big table. There would have been about eight or 10 of us on there. And two of the sides of the table were like against a wall. So nobody could have kind of come up to the table without going past us. And as the party of ourselves were around the table. So it would have just been weird for it to be somebody that we didn't know. But alas, I'm thinking and gaslighting myself, I already knew this. You know, I knew that it had to be somebody there. But I told myself, you know, I must have dropped it. I must have dropped, you know, my wallet was gone. My moisturizer was gone. My brush was gone. My makeup was gone. Like what? The, how did I not notice that I dropped all of these things? Maybe it happened at the bar before. No, but I, I showed my ID on the way in. So it definitely wasn't. Maybe I left it in the bathroom. No, it wasn't that. And I was trying to convince myself that it couldn't have been somebody that took it. Because for me, for some reason, that was just an unfathomable Thing that could happen, it was way more likely for me to lose it um, and lose it amongst my friends than it would be in any circumstance for anything else to happen. Basically, this it couldn't have been stolen. So anyway, I told the bar manager. He was like, "Yeah, we'll look at it on CCTV." And I just think, you know, fuck yeah, you're gonna look at it. Like I didn't think that he would. I didn't think that a bar like that either would have good CCTV. I've watched enough crime shows to have this expectation that it's going to be the grainiest black and white set of images and not even a video. <laughs> That's what I would expect the CCTV to be. But anyway, it wasn't. Um, I I think a few of us were looking around to see if it was anywhere. And one of my girlfriends, she, I'm oh, sorry, one of my friends, uh, my family friends, she went and... Sorry, I I apologize for saying girlfriends because I say that a lot and I've got a lot of gay friends (laughs) and I've recently found out that that's really fucking annoying, so I'm going to stop doing that. I'm just going to check myself on it. Don't do that again, sorry. One of my friends, she um, was in the bathroom and this bathroom was one of those bathrooms that was like um, it's one bathroom. There's no gendered bathrooms. It's just one toilet, one sink in the the same room, you know. It's just one bathroom because it's a tiny place. Anyway, so it's got this bin next to the sink with just ha- which just has paper towels in it, and it's just like a standalone white plastic bin. Um, and basically, she went to the bathroom and she caught this glimmer in her eye in the bin. And my wallet, for context, was like a holographic um, silver kind of iridescent wallet. Like it was quite stood out quite a lot. So of course the the light caught the object. And she pulled it out and there's my wallet. My ID was in there. My cards weren't. My money wasn't. Um, and, yeah, she came out and was holding it and it was just like, oh, my gosh. So it definitely is true. I went back in and cancelled all my bank cards and, you know, realised that somebody had gone through my bag without me knowing and had stolen my money. None of my other things were there. I mean, the, the makeup and stuff was was upsetting because it was new Um, And for those of you who don't know, some of the makeup that we buy, while it might seem vain, um, it takes a lot of effort to kind of pick things out, number one. Number two, I just spent money on buying things and like, you know, ordering them online from overseas and some of them like a brush can cost like 60 bucks. So it's not cheap either. Um, So it's really just, no, it's an inconvenience, but it's really fucking upsetting because you build up a collection as well. So it's just annoying. Anyway, I digress. Um, so anyway, none of that was there. And I just thought to myself, this is so upsetting. Um, but I'm just going to enjoy my night. I mean, I'm not going to let it get to me. I've lost many things in my time and this is the last of my worries. I'm lucky enough to have beautiful friends who just said they'll spot me for the night and I'll just transfer them. So it wasn't a problem. Um, I told the bar manager, he said, we're going to look, um, and everything that meant that they would look at a different camera as well. You know, there's me thinking again, oh yeah, sure, sure. (laughs) Um, but Um, I went to the toilet a little while after um, and I looked in the same bin, just kind of looked over and went, oh, I wonder if anything else is in there of my own. And I saw this brown thing in there. Um, No, it wasn't a shit. Um, It was a Ray-Bans case. And I was just like, holy fuck, like this was not my Ray-Bans case. Um, I'll make that clear. Um, I walked out and I thought like one of my mates, he, he had that case and I was like, is it yours? He's like, no, it's not mine. And my friend who actually found my wallet, she just kind of blankly looked at me and was like, no, it's not me. And then she stared at me again for like 10 seconds. And it was just like this penny dropped really slowly. And she goes, holy shit, they are mine. Mine are gone. She opens her bag and her makeup, her brush, everything's gone. And that's the same, you know, $60 makeup brush and stuff. And it does seem vain, but it is um, nevertheless fucking annoying. Um, So we went back up to the um, bar manager. We told him, and by this time, you know, I'm, I'm a bit drunk and I was just kind of making a joke as well. Like, I don't mean to profile this job. Obviously, I've watched Criminal Minds before. And I just basically said, it must be a female offender, um, maybe potentially known to the party, um, especially because like they're taking makeup. What guy's going to take makeup? They don't know the value of that. Um, but anyway, <laughs> The guy, the bar manager, kind of moses up to me, and he just goes, "You're right. Come with me." And me and my mate just looked at each other and were just like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> so we walk through this old pub because it's like a pub, the place that we're at, and it's like all of these old school rooms that would have maybe previously been hotel rooms or something. So we go through this maze and we walk into what I can only describe as like a a defense force like setup of security screens of the the venue. Um, and it was, it was incredible all in full color, high def. It was absolutely amazing. Um, but anyway, we walk in and we sit down in, in this room and we see two video clips. Um, and I watch my best mate walk into frame and she is sits down in front of where I'm standing and, you know, I'm, I'm rubbing her on the head and I, I look down at her, um, cause she's sitting and I'm standing and I'm smiling at her, laughing, looking at her, um, which I was telling a story about, when we were overseas backpacking together and in that moment that I've got my hand on her head, she's got my wallet in her hand. Um, and then she just looks up at me and then she, you know, has a giggle, looks back down, puts my wallet in her bag and continues to take things out of my bag while I'm just chatting away to my friends. So it was brazen as fuck and bold as fuck in front of me. Um, but I think as well, if your best friend was going through your handbag or or a friend of yours handbag and you said, What are you doing? That'd be like, Oh, I'm just gonna see if there's a makeup brush or something. Like you know that there would be a very quick way for you to get out of that being something that you could potentially get in trouble for, maybe like it was just bizarre. But anyway, I watched it and as I'm watching her do it, I'm I'm obviously devastated and in shock, but it was honestly like my life flashed before my eyes and I'll get to that later, but it was one of the best days of my life um, as well as the worst. Um, It was really liberating. But the life flashing before my eyes, I will kind of detail through all of the things that she'd done to me before this. But anyway, um, we see the next clip. The next clip is, um, you know, my friend had put her bag on on top of the table and then she'd put a denim jacket on top of the bag. Um, and she's with me talking, and this on the video you can see her kind of lift up the jacket to see that the bags underneath it look around, um, put her hand on it and move then the jacket and the bag next to her on the seat, and then she starts going through it with the jacket on top of her, taking everything out of her bag as well. And I was just in shock, and they just kind of said to me, "Look, we're not going to let you go back out there because we can't risk any violence happening," but what do you want to do from here? And my friend looked at me and she goes, look, it's your friend. You make the choice. Um, and I just said, I just want my stuff back. Um, but she's, I know her, she's just going to deny it. Um, they go, you know, we can call the police, you can press charges. Um, these are all your options. And I said, fuck it, call the police. Um, I want our stuff back. So mind you, like while this is all happening, time's ticking by, I think probably at least 20, 30 minutes had gone by. Um, and she had the other girl, the one my old best friend, um, she had started to at the table while they were waiting for us say, Let's just go. They can meet us at karaoke. Who knows where they are? Like trying to get everybody to leave. Um, all my other mates were just like, We're not leaving Maddie here. It's her birthday. That's ridiculous, which is lovely. Anyway, um, now we understand why she was trying to leave. She must have known something was going to happen. Anyway, I think about 45 minutes has passed and, um, everyone started to get really worried and I'd left my phone at the table so I didn't message anybody and they didn't want me to either. They didn't want to cause a scene or anything, which is fair enough for them. They really tried to keep the situation calm and I can't commend them enough for their job. Um, And basically, yeah, two uniformed police officers rocked up, got my statement quickly, got my friend's statement quickly, and then they just popped their gloves on and walked straight up. So you can imagine my friend, everybody else at the table's faces when – They know my stuff's been stolen. They know that I've gone into a room to talk to the bar manager about it and then two police officers come up and say, excuse me, miss, with gloves on and say, come with me. Um, Everyone was just in absolute shock. I think they said that their jaws were on the ground and it was absolutely fucking insane. She didn't say anything. Apparently she just stood up and went with them. Um, They got everything back from her bag and from her body or not her body. I think she'd pulled things maybe out of her pockets. She was wearing like a loose skirt with pockets. Um, But they couldn't search her. They could only search her if I pressed charges and pressing charges would mean that I would have to go down to the station, make a full statement. And I was still in a good mood considering like I was just like, you know what, this is such a good group of people. I'm one of those people that has friends from so many different areas and it was like my best friends from every area was together that night and the stars were aligning that it was going to be a great one. So I just thought, you know what, fuck it, I'm not going to go tonight. I just don't want her here and I want my stuff back. And the police said they got everything back that they could get um, and that did not include my bank card. So she was kind of notorious for keeping things in her bra, so I assume that that's where they were. But, um, but yeah, um. I also was just like, oh God, you know, I'm drinking, I'm going to go have a cigarette and I walk downstairs and I'm like, shit, she stole those too. So <laughs> I got those back. It was just a running joke the rest of the night. It was fucking insane. But, you know, the part of me was crushing inside. I was really fucking upset. But I was also, I think, happy to stay out because I knew that this would be a big change in the rest of my life. I just knew it at that point that it would be. Now, um... That's where we ended it there. I mean, I'll, I'll go through later what ended up happening after that. But, yeah, so basically um, I might take you back to when we actually met because I'm sure that you're thinking, how could you be friends with somebody? How could you not know? And I think if we went back three years, I think it was when we met two or three years before that, um, I was with my other best mate um, traveling. My, we've been best friends since we were in high school. And we went south- backpacking through Southeast Asia Um, We started off in Laos, we went down through Vietnam, Cambodia, it was absolutely incredible, we had so much fun. Um, We were the two biggest losers on this trip. First of all, we didn't have backpacks, we had had suitcases with wheels, which was so embarrassing because... My my like we were both just like, you know what, we're not gonna buy backpacks. We've already got like suitcases with wheels. Who cares? Like they kind of look like backpacks. And then we rock up in Cambodia on a bloody um beach with no footpaths, and we're just those losers that are trying to drag their suitcases along the sandy beach. It was anyway, there, there was a lot of things. Um another thing that we did, which is quite funny, we had these um pillow pets. Um, they were on sale for 10 bucks at like Toys R Us. They were one direction pillow pets. Um, and they kind of fold up with a Velcro strap and they're really comfy. So we had them on all of our carry on places that we went and everyone made fun of us, but we were the comfiest people. I will say hot tip for traveling, grab yourself a pillow pet. We've both still got ours. Um, I think it's like a good six years later. So hot tip, but anyway, I digress again. Um, (laughs) I basically, we were in Vietnam. We were going, uh, we were in Hanoi. We're about to go on, uh, this, um, there's this, I can't remember what it's called, oh, Castaway Island. We're going to head to Castaway Island and you head off from the backpackers, all of the backpackers there. It's basically a few days of just being absolutely loose. There's no internet, no nothing. You really turn off and Just get shit faced. They play all those stupid games where you can go and do, you know, a booze cruise and you can go and do kayaking. So we were really looking forward. We were quite young as well. So we were just looking forward to going and having fun. And we were on the boat on the way there and we met this girl and it was just like, oh my God, her and her best friend were there as well. They were so much like us. They were from Adelaide. They were so fun. They were so funny. They were insane. And we instantly became really good friends with them. We went on the booze cruise with them. We had so much fun there. And we really hit it off me and her like we all kind of did but me and her just got along really well I think we were both probably the loudest ones out of our groups and we just hit and we ended up having so much fun together um we saw each other for a few other times but basically they went north and we went south after that and we didn't see them again but you know you do the standard traveler thing I think they both wrote in my travel journal that I had at the time and um I think we just stayed in touch via social media here and there. And, um, you know, me and my mate came home after backpacking, we had the most wonderful time. And, um, yeah, I think it was a couple of months later, these girls were moving to Melbourne. They were leaving Adelaide, they were moving to Melbourne. It was like, Oh shit. Yeah. Like we're going to have like a crew. Um, cause I think you just become best friends with everybody in hostels. Anyway, you're all kind of there with the same mindset. So, um, we were just excited. Um, so they moved, um, here and, um, we didn't catch up immediately, but when we did, um, it was just me and her, um, the girl that ended up being the thief. Um, so she kind of immediately said to me, like, you know, I mean, I've moved out of the other girl's house. Um, we're not living together anymore. She's a psycho. She's stealing from me. She's, Aggressive, she's doing this, she's doing that. She laid this picture of this girl being this utterly um insufferable psychopath. And I felt sorry for her. I was like, oh my god, like how's she done this to you? She's got a boyfriend, you're here alone, now you're all alone. You know, she 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 fostered this big pity party on herself and it was really overwhelming. But I still had the forethought, I think, at the time to kind of think this might be a bit of an exaggeration. So I don't have any skin in this game. I'm still gonna reach out to the other girl. So I reached out to the other girl and just said, look, I've been talking, Um, I'm aware of the situation, I just want to let you know, like I still want to see you. Um, And she, I think, read it and didn't reply and maybe blocked me. Um, So I think that reaction from her made me feel like what I'd been told was substantiated, but looking back on it now, she probably just couldn't be fucked. Um, And that's a red flag that I missed immediately. I think that's just what it is. And really quickly from that moment, from that night, we went from seeing like and talking to each other, fuck all like didn't didn't chat at at all to' like hanging out at least three times a week every week, drinking together, exercising together, um she'd just gotten a puppy, having fun doing all of these things, and every week no no doubt, and every day we would speak, and it was like kind of like I would associate it almost to love bombing. And I look back on it now and I think she was doing some of those standard tactics that people do to create rapport with people by mirroring them, by um, asking me lots of questions. She was giving me lots of compliments. We were talking about things that I really enjoyed talking about. And I don't know if they're things looking back now that she particularly enjoyed, but I think she was trying to become best friends with me. I think that was her objective. She wasn't being herself and, and it worked. I mean, she quickly became one of my best friends and Um. Yeah. From there, we um went through a lot. There was a few initial things that happened that I guess I I, as well are red flags. But when somebody becomes a friend of yours, you really don't see them as red flags. Um. And as much as I tell people this story, they just say, "How did you not know?" And I just say, "I just I can't tell you enough how much you don't think that it's your friend." Anyway, I, I used to work at a cafe. And. I used to get paid in cash and because I would work hours like fucking 6am till 6pm, the banks would always be closed when I got paid. So usually I would wait a couple of days until I had a day off to go and bank the cash in the bank or I'd just keep it and stockpile cash. Like it's not the best thing to do, but I mean it wasn't bad. I didn't, I wasn't taking it all out when I went out. I was going from, you know, work home. Um, so there was this one night, it was New Year's, Um, she had a housemate, um, this guy that was living with her. He was nice. He was a bit weird, but he was a nice guy. And I basically got there. I just bought a brand new pair of iron Williams boots that I'd saved up for months to buy. Um, for those of you don't know, they're like $500 and leather boots from this, you know, they're a bit wanky, but they're supposed to be farming boots, but they're a bit wanky. People wear them to corporate jobs and stuff there. Anyway, I'd saved up. I really liked them. Um, and I'd bought them for myself kind of as a Christmas, New Year's present. And I got to her house in my outfit. You know, we were just going to go to this pub together. And I thought, I, you know, I'd just gone straight from work as well. So I just thought I'm not going to go home, drop my money off. I'm just going to go straight there because I was already halfway there. Um, my parents' house is about an hour away from the city. Um, and she was living in the city at this time so or near the city. So I thought I'll just go straight there. makes way more sense. I'll just whatever, leave it at her house. So, I go there, I get ready, we're about to leave and I kind of have this sandwich bag of cash on me and, you know, those ones with like the red note numbers on them so that you can count. Um, anyway, that's what I got paid with and I counted out and I said, how much should I take? And she goes, oh, I don't know, like you've got your card anyway, so it doesn't really matter. So, I thought, yeah, that's fair enough. Look, I think I had at least $1,000 on me and I thought, I'll just take $300 um, because it's going to be a big night. It's new year's. I might buy a few rounds of shots, who knows, but at least, you know, if, if I don't spend it, I don't spend it. But if I do spend it, I've got my card or, you know, and her house was about a hundred meters away from the bar anyway. So it wasn't like I couldn't come home. So I locked the bag up with the rest of the money, about $700 to a thousand dollars in there. I had quite a bit. It was a few, a few weeks of pay. Um, and I put it into a tote bag and wrapped the tote bag up and put the tote bag into her wardrobe. And I did that like high up in her wardrobe because she had this little dog that literally ate anything that was in its, um, in its path. Like it was so vicious. It was like a working dog. So, you know, that's kind of just what they do when they're, when they're young. Um, And I didn't really know her housemate either, so I felt more comfortable. I didn't want to leave it in my car either, so I thought, look, I'll hide it. The safest place is to hide my money in her wardrobe. Anyway, we go out. We have a really good night. We come back. I met a guy, me and him uh, kissed, um, because I actually have his name tattooed on me, which is funny, Samuel Charles 1991, (laughs) Um, which is actually my brother's name who passed away, but – uh, that's a story for another time. But anyway, he um, it was funny because in that morning we'd woken up and I think this is, I'm only telling this story to kind of give you the insight so that you understand what my mindset was, like so that you can understand that a lot of times when people are being taken advantage of or being manipulated, they're not being manipulated all the time. Your mindset's not there. So I woke up and I woke up on her couch to her in absolute stitches on the floor pissing herself laughing um and I turn around I'm like what what and I look up and this post-it note drops off my face and I'm looking at it confused why is there a post-it note on me and I think the guy had slept on the couch with me but the couch was tiny and (laughs) instead of spooning because it was the middle of summer as I was way too hot he just left but because I was asleep or passed out or whatever, he thought that it would be okay to put his name and number on a post-it note and put the post-it note on me. So she's woken up. I'm there on the couch of the post-it note with some guy's name on me and she's just thinking this is the funniest. So we're laughing. You know, we had an amazing day. We were a bit hungover. I can't remember if we had drinks or not. I don't think we did. And anyway, I ended up after ages, like we had a good time together. I just went home, um, you know, got ready, prepared. Um, The alcohol was worn off and I could safely drive home. Um, And I took my tote bag and everything with me, but I didn't check anything inside of it. I just, you know, went home. And it wasn't until the next day that I went to go get the cash out to take it to the bank that I realized that all of the money was gone.
1: Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
0: Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in the next 3 years, like a
1: chatbot maybe your new best friend.
2: And, you know, I called her and asked and she said, no, there's nothing around. Like I don't think Badger would have eaten it. It was in the top of my wardrobe. And she goes, you know what, my my housemate's a bit funny. He's giving me the creeps a little bit. Maybe it was him. So I asked her housemate and he was just like, no, I didn't have any friends over. Like, you know, every excuse under the sun, of course, and that's exactly what you would say if you didn't do it as well, now looking back on it. But he did turn around to me and he said, you know what, I've seen that dog eat an entire sole of a shoe and there was nothing left behind. And I'm thinking like, I mean maybe a sole of a shoe, but we're talking about like $20 notes and $50 notes in a bundle and we're going to say that the dog ate every single one of them, there's no traces of it in its shit and there's not even a corner around. Like I doubt that highly. And because he had said something to me that I seemed, I thought was so ridiculous, I then assigned the blame on him. And I thought that it must have been him. And from, there, from then on, I just didn't have things there when he was there. Um, it was really upsetting. Obviously, my money's gone, but I would confide in her about how upset I was about that. Anyway, the relationship between him and her soured and he moved out and I moved in. Um, I was happy to move in. I was excited to move in. It was my first time leaving home. Um, and it was just fun. We we had such a good time. Um, we definitely butted heads. I mean, you put two extroverts um, who think that they're the most important person in the world, give them a fucking um, couple of drinks and there's always going to be a few issues. Um, she was just like that. She would always tell you how it was and that would always offend me and we would always butt heads, but we definitely were – we got along so well for the most part. Anyway, because I would get paid every week in cash um, and I was working at this point, I, I decided – I think this was between uni or something or I'd just finished uni – Um, anyway, I was working like 50 hours a week. So I was earning, I wasn't earning that much an hour, but I was earning quite a bit because it was tax free money and I was doing the hours. Um, so I'd bring the money back to the house, you know, and it would fucking go missing. Um, it would go missing after like a party or something, or we'd had people over or something and there was, you know, a way and it started to go missing all the time. So I'm talking about probably over this time maybe $5,000 and it happened not regularly enough for me to think that it was her but regularly enough for me to start to question my own sanity. And it really was like I remember saying to my dad, I've lost my money again, and he just went, for fuck's sake, Madeline, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? You've moved out for five minutes and you've lost every single bit of money. How are you going to pay rent? I just thought to myself, like, I had savings. I don't know what's happening. How can I be so stupid? Where am I leaving this money? And I remember one day I'd just finished. I'd I'd done a late shift. I'd just gotten paid. I had my money in my bag. And we went to this pub that we went to all the time. So we knew the owner by this point. Me, her, and another girl went together. And I went to the bathroom while they were there. We probably only had two beers. We just caught up about a few things. And then we walked back and went home. The whole wad of money was gone. And I got my boyfriend at the time to, you know, go into the pub the next day and talk to the owner. And he checked the CCTV and he goes, not one person came up or anywhere near your table. And it wasn't until that moment where I was standing in that room on my 25th birthday where I realized that what he said was nobody came anywhere near your table. Nobody looked at the table because when I was in the bathroom, nobody was looking at where her hands were and they would have been inside my bag. And she was brazen enough and ruthless enough to not give a fuck about my finances or well being, but to take all of it. She didn't just steal a hundred bucks, she stole the whole wad, every single thing. You can imagine how damaging and everything it is for your own personal psyche to be working your ass off physically and mentally, because we all know um, working in Hospitality is also customer service. So not only are you dealing with food, but you're dealing with fucking assholes every day. And I was doing it for basically for free. Because every so often, every couple of weeks, an entire wad of my money would go missing. And I was blaming myself. And of course, you can say you should have gone to the ATM. I didn't know that you could deposit money in the ATM, but I do now. But it's it's not the point. The point is I was honestly made to believe I was insane. How could this fucking happen? Now, I don't know if this one was her, but in all around this time, my car window was broken and my whole bag was stolen out the front of our house one day. And it just had all of the hallmarks because my whole wallet went, everything went. There was a lot of stuff there that didn't go, but pretty much everything else went. And sadly, one of the things that went in that was an Alex Wang wallet that I was given as a present for my 21st birthday. I'm not one of those people who really likes brands. I know I've spoken about RM Williams already on this podcast. And I think I said faithful, the brand, so I'm really not giving myself a good name right now. But I'm not, trust me. Um, these are things I think I've said them because I was really happy with them and I was happy to spend money in the, at that time, but they're not something that I care about very much. And I think that makes me sometimes a little bit difficult to buy for. But anyway, both of my friendship groups for my 21st had bought me this Alex Wang wallet in two different ways because I loved it and it was so lovely and sentimental to me that they gave me something that I knew I could always carry with me. So when when that was stolen with money inside of it with everything, I was absolutely fucking devastated and I just started to get deflated like what's the point in working? What's the point in doing this if I'm constantly getting robbed? And I was so I can't even describe to you how insane I thought I was getting like I would wake up and try and trace my steps and I was convincing myself that I must have like some kind of dissociative mental problem where I am no longer in touch with reality at certain points during the day because I cannot logically make sense of a part where I could have lost any of the any of these things or where any of this could have happened. And over time, I would go to her every time and I'd cry and I'd be like, I'm in such financial stress. Like I don't know what to do. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm I'm so upset. And she would say, "Look, Maddie, I've been here every time. I know it's affecting you a lot. I'll spot you two hundred bucks for um, food this week. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about paying me back. You know. Yet when you get back on your feet, you can pay me back then." And I look back on that that and I just think the all fucking dasity that she had to. She's giving me to my two hundred dollars of my own money back and you know wrapping it up as if it's a favor to me and I would have I think I paid her that 200 bucks back because I felt mm-hmm. like I owed it to her you know people who are honest can sometimes really get fucked over in these situations and it was just absolutely insane um it was during this time like not long after that that uh we, I was in bed one day, completely nude, with just a sheet over me because it was the middle of summer. It was fucking hot. And these, the house we were living in was an old school terrace house. Like, it's not the best. It's brick. It's hot. It's shit. Anyway, so I'm in my room with a fan on with like just a sheet over me and I hear this huge like authoritative knock at the door at like five o'clock in the morning. It was like a Wednesday. And by this time I was actually working in an office. So it was just like, this is absolutely so bizarre. And I heard this voice and somehow instinctively I knew it was a police officer. Um, I think you can just hear the authority maybe and the timing and everything, nothing else made sense. Anyway, I hear all these footsteps start to enter our house, which is quite scary. And I sit up and this senior constable walks into my room and goes, hello, um, we're here to search the property. Um, And I'm holding my my sheet over my boobs kind of like there's two police officers in my room now. (laughs) This is the most vulnerable and awkward i've ever felt in my life and they basically just said look um is anything in your room was ever anything in your room given to you by somebody that was not yourself and i said i think last year for christmas my mum bought me this bread spread. um i bought no and i was kept kind of you know shaking with what i said and i said no but there are definitely some things that i've received as presents in here it was my birthday a couple of months ago um trying to you know explain everything and i think they just saw that I didn't have anything of value in that room and I didn't have anything that they were looking for. So they just told me to get dressed and um, come outside. So I did put my PJs on. I was looking after her dog while our entire house was being searched, which was a sight in and of itself. I think there were four or five um, uniformed police officers and about four non-uniformed detectives in the house And it was a tiny house, so it was just a lot of people in a small, small space. And they were walking around with these A4 pages with pictures of items on them, collecting them, like, there's the two gold pillows, there's the circular rug, there's the trestle table, and they're pointing out all of these things. And I'm like, how the fuck? Like, what is happening right now? And I'm like, can you tell me what's going on? I have no idea. And they were just like, "Um, we are seizing these under suspicion of um, fraud. And theft. Um, So basically what they'd alleged was that she had used somebody else's card, um, somebody that she'd worked for's business card, to buy all of the things um, in the house. Yeah, a slow cooker, everything. And it was just absolutely shocking. So I just thought, okay. um, She obviously didn't do it. Like she works really hard. She's paid for it. I know that she didn't do it. What a fucking idiot. (laughs) But then – I think like looking back in hindsight is so different. Hey. So I was just sitting there and then they go to take the neutral bullet. And the neutral bullet, her mum had messaged me and said, Look, I want to get her this neutral bullet. I've purchased it from this store. Can you go pick it up? So I went and picked it up. I have I had the receipt for it. So I could show that, that neutral bullet was actually our property. And when they went to grab the neutral bullet, she goes, No, 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 no. You know, we we can prove that one. And she looked at me and I was just like, ah. Oh, now looking at it, it's like that's that's the reaction of a guilty person that you see one thing that you know you didn't steal and you're saying, you know, no, 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 I can prove that one. That one I think is an instructive thing to say in the midst of all of these police officers and everything. It was quite a telling sign I think now looking back on it. At the time I was like, yeah, we can prove it, bitch, I've got you. Um and we did, but I think basically what that makes me think is that on their list of things, there was a NutriBullet. She didn't know that we were going to buy one for her birthday, and I think that's probably been secondhand sold to somebody else on um on eBay. But anyway, um, so basically, they took her down to the station, and um, her laptop and everything was taken. It was a bit um crazy. Um, I didn't speak to her all day. I went to work. I got ready. It was. I was in a new level, a role as like an executive assistant type job, and I had no, I couldn't take a day off. It was just really distressing. So I get home, we talk about it, and she just goes, I don't know why this bitch from my work has it in for me. She's just saying that I did all of this stuff. And she really convinced me that everybody was out to get her. I mean, looking back now, it's quite obvious that the police had an actual list of items that were stolen. Like they would have had to get a court order to go through the house, like a warrant to go through the premises. And to get that, they would have had to have enough evidence to show that she committed that crime. So they couldn't have just randomly guessed all of the things that she'd taken. They would have had a list of the items. So it just, I mean, looking back on it through the lens of somebody who's obsessed with crime and documentaries like that, and looking back with through the eyes that aren't, you know, rose tinted glasses. I'm not looking at it through a different lens anymore. I'm looking at it for what it is. Um, and the facts were there, but that was another red flag that I just didn't fucking see. So fast forward um, another period of time, and we ended up starting to plan to travel together. We went backpacking around South America, and while it was great, things started to fall apart. And I basically messaged my boyfriend at the time, he was back in Melbourne, and I said, I just think that she's stealing from me. Like I have that feeling that she's stealing from me. So on his advice, I marked a $100 bill and then, you know, I saw her paying for something with it. And as soon as I said, look, why do you have that? I know that you're stealing from me. That's mine. I marked it and I showed it. And she goes, yeah, like you owed me 50 bucks. So I just came down, thought I'd pay for this with it and then give you the 50 bucks back. And it was so quick, so fast, so so explanatory that I thought I'm such an asshole for even accusing her of stealing from me. I'm such a jerk. How could I have done that? How could I have possibly done that? But I knew that I wasn't right. And I don't even know if I did owe her 50 bucks. She was so convincing that she would like manipulate me into thinking things that I didn't know to be true. Like it was, it, I can't, under, I can't explain enough how, how manipulative she was able to be over me at certain points of time, like how I was not even able to see reality for what it was. And by this point we'd been friends for two years. We'd been living together for a year and I had just this, I don't know, I think it was like being beaten down almost. I was like gaslit so much and made to believe so much that I was so incapable of looking after my own belongings that it makes more sense that that's the case. Now I remember one time we met this other group of girls when we were in Colombia somewhere and we were at this place having a big day and we ended up getting absolutely shit-faced by the pool with everyone and it was not planned so they're the best days, you know, all the girls got loose and it was heaps of fun. The next day we're leaving um, and it was one of those places you you rack up a, a tab Um, and we leave the next day and I know I only had one shot because shots make me feel really sick. And I was way too drunk and I'm tiny by the way. So I'm not like a heavyweight by any means. Um, and there were 13 shots on my tab. Like my tab was four times what hers was. And I was just like, what? And the lady behind the bar, she goes, yeah, you were coming in, pointing at her and you were putting all of your drinks on her tab pointing at me. And I looked at her and said that and you know in that moment she's kind of yelling at the lady behind the counter saying you know you're a fucking liar i would never do that and then the racism started you just think that we we all look the fucking same because we're both white and blonde um she's probably at least a foot and a half taller than me, but anyway. Um, it was just it was it was really embarrassing. And I just said, the lady I felt sorry for. Her. She was like, Well, you know what? I'll just pay for it then because you deserve to drink for free in my venue and I'll pay for it then. And I felt so horrible. Um, I ended up paying for it. And it was, it was really upsetting. I just said, look, can you just take a couple of those shots off? Because I definitely didn't have that many. And she said, fine. Um, and while we were staying there, a few people's things had actually been stolen as well, like money and, um, and stuff. So that was really awful. Um, and leaving there was, was awful. Um, I'm, it was one of the better places that we'd stayed and to end on such a sour note was, was, was really horrible. Um, but it was just another event, another thing. And then I'm, I'm sitting there going, was I so drunk that I went up and I bought 13 shots? Did I buy the, the, the whole bar shots? Did I, was somebody else doing that? Like how could my best friend who I'm literally backpacking on a budget with across the other side of the world do that to me? How could that possibly happen? Um, And anyway, we ended up kind of separating after that. I went on um, and up into uh, Panama um, and Costa Rica on my own and she went back down to Colombia to see her boyfriend at the time. And I'm so happy to be gone with her. And I think when she left, I felt a sense of relief. I missed her, but I just needed a break. Um, and it wasn't long after that, you know, that we that I came home and, um, I got back on my feet. I got a new rental property. I moved out and it wasn't long after that, that it was my 25th birthday. And that's when we end up back on the night of my 25th and, um, being in that bar in that situation. Um, basically what happened on that night, going back to the end, um, I messaged her or she messaged me the next day. She said to me she um, was sorry for what her brain did when she was drunk, um, which is the biggest cop-out I've ever heard. First of all, your brain is your consciousness anyway. So, you know, there was just such a lack of accountability. It was such a typical thing to see from somebody who is a narcissist or a sociopath. Um, I fully just looked at it for what it was. And I think when I said that I felt very almost liberated at the time, My life flashed before my eyes, I guess, because all of those moments that I was made to feel like I was losing my things and like I was losing my mind, I knew that in that moment that it wasn't true and that I was right and I was not insane. And when I felt good about leaving her, it was because of this reaction. Um, She blamed me for it. She didn't say sorry. She didn't take any accountability for it. And it was just fucking devastating. But it was easier in that moment than to walk away and say, well, fuck you then. Um, And because of that, I decided to go to the police and actually make a formal statement. So you can go in, you can make, you know, call the police for something. They can leave. They've got that on record and you can go in days later. So I did, um, I handed over a couple of other things basically um, for them. They had the CCTV footage from the uh, venue. They had kept that and they handed that over. Um, and then for the next few years, it was just a series of um, court dates that kept getting adjourned. And then I believe that she was found guilty, and she got community service. Um, interestingly, I think she had over fifty previous charges, so I mean, pretty lenient in my mind, but it is what it is. Um, so it's a roller coaster. I've, I've seen her once down the down the street uh, in the city, which was hilarious. Like I didn't, I don't think she saw me um, most of my friends aren't friends with her anymore. Uh, one of my best mates is, which is hard, but we all make our own decisions about who we want in our life. And, um, you have to live and respect that. And, um, I can't, you know, force people to want or not want her in their lives. And to be honest, the hard thing that I grapple with sometimes is the fact that I do miss her. She was one of the most funnest people I've ever met and, um, a true friend, in my mind for a long period of time, obviously not a true friend for the, for what it really meant, but I really felt a connection with her that, um, that made me feel really good. So thinking back on that, sometimes I just feel so devastated that we are no longer friends and that what happened happened, but I'm glad that I also don't have that shit in my life anymore. Um, and I'm glad that the friendships that I've made since and the friendships that I've kept since, um, love me for who I am and, are. exactly, um, right kind of people for me. Now this bitch also came to my family Christmas and I've got a massive family. So I thought I would end it in, end this story in what my nan said. Um, may she rest in peace, my beautiful Nana, Irene. Um, when she found out what happened and because she was deaf, she would yell things as well, which was hilarious. She just went, don't go around with that fucking bitch anymore. (laughs) So, I think on Nanswide's words, don't go around with those fucking bitches anymore. Um, and if you're in a situation like this or yourself, please reach out. Please reach out to your local services and please know that this stuff, while it's not an, a, a sexual relationship, it is warranted for you to seek help over this. It's warranted for you to be upset over this and it's warranted for it to significantly change your life. It's a significant person in your life and it's completely normal for you to feel fucking shattered and devastated and confused. So I did want to tell this story for a purpose. I wanted to tell it to highlight the the impact that it had on me and also it's a pretty fucking insane story. But for now, I'm signing off from Reclaim Me. Um, if you want to get in touch with me, please get in touch with me via my Instagram rec- at ReclaimMePod or at MadHeat. underscore. On both of those, there's a link in my bio to my link tree where you can get in touch with me via my email or anything as well. There's a link in there too to my Survivor Networking group on Facebook, which is a group of survivors that's a private group where we chat about different things at different times. Um, and we're going to start organizing some meetups in Melbourne as well. So if you're interested in any of those things, please get in touch with me. And until next time, please stay safe. And thank you. Bye.